two portions of scripture, and we're going to begin in Deuteronomy chapter 11 this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 11, and we're going to begin at verse 10, and then we're going to go over to Psalm 92 verse 12. Deuteronomy is uh, in the early part of your Old Testament. It is the fifth book of the Bible, and Deuteronomy literally means uh, the second law. And then we're going to go to Psalm chapter 92, as we hear God's word for us in this coming year. How many of you need to hear the word of the Lord? Praise God. Psalm 92 verse 12, but we'll begin in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And verse 10, it reads, For the land to which you are entering to possess it, it is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your foot like a vegetable garden. But the land in which you are about to cross to possess it, a land of it is a land of hills and valleys and drinks water from the rain of heaven. A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning even to the end of the year. Can you say that with me? From the beginning even to the end of the year. Now go to Psalm 92 and verse 12. And the, the word of God reads, The righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Father, I thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is able to divide between the soul and the spirit, as between the bone and the marrow. We acknowledge this morning that we are in great need of your word, as we come into this new year, prepared to face the challenges that this year will bring us, as well as the opportunities, we say, oh God, we want to put you first. We want to lead our lives in such a way as is pleasing in your sight. I ask this morning that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear the word of God, and receive it and put action to it by their faith. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to just share with you from the Old Testament experience of the nation of Israel. About the land that God has desired for us to possess as his people. There are three things basically out of the book of Deuteronomy that... Uh, I want to share with you this morning that are things that God spoke to the old and ancient, ancient nation of Israel, but which he is still speaking 
to us, to his people, in the 21st century. Uh, the first thing that, that I want to remind you of is that in the uh, book of Deuteronomy, God said to the nation of Israel, and incidentally, Deuteronomy is a collection of five sermons preached by Moses on the edge of the Jordan at Kedesh Barnea, where the nation of Israel would then pass into the promised land and possess the land which God had given them by promise. And the Lord said to the nation of Israel, I will give you houses that you didn't build, wells that you didn't dig, vineyards that you didn't plant. He said, and I will give you good houses full of every good thing. Can you say that with me this morning? Good houses full of every good thing. That means that God cares what you have in your house. You should be happy about that. Now this promise reminds Israel, and it reminds us, that God has good things in store for his people. That God is a good God and that God is a blesser. I don't know if you know that this morning, but God is a blesser. We serve a God who loves to bless his people. You and I, as we walk with him, we will experience the blessing of God. When you and I obey his word, we will experience the blessing of God. Say whatever you may about your Christian experience, but I know this is a fact for sure, that you are not where you started out with God. From point A to now, you can say, God has blessed my life. How many of you can say that this morning? If you are a witness of the blessing of God, don't be ashamed about it. How many of you can say, God has blessed my life? Houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant, good houses. How many of you have a good house? How many of you need a good house? Full of every good thing. You know, God wants your house to be full of peace. He wants your house to be full of joy. He wants your house to be full of laughter. He wants your house to be full of provision. He wants your pantry to be full of provision. He wants you to know his blessing in your home. That's God's um, uh, blessing and promise to the nation of Israel. And then he told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said, I want you to remember this as well, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You say, Pastor, those sound like the words of Jesus. Indeed they are. But Jesus was quoting the book of Deuteronomy when the devil came to tempt Jesus and told him, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And now we begin to realize that the promised land was more than just physical provision for the physical needs of Israel. The promised land was about spiritual provision for the spiritual needs of the people of God. I told you in the last few weeks that there are two parts of us. There is the physical and the spiritual. 
The physical is well provided for by God when we obey his laws and we do the things that God has said to do. The spiritual has also been provided for by God and you and I have entered in by faith to the spiritual provisions made by Jesus Christ at the cross. But God wants us to always remember. And as you go into this new year and you set your goals and your plans for what God is going to do in your life and in the life of your family in 2017, I want you to know and remember this, that you and I do not live by bread alone. You do not live by your salary alone. You don't live by the provision that you have financially alone. You don't live by an inheritance that you have received. You don't live by a retirement check or a pension. Man shall not live by bread alone. There is another component. There is a spiritual need that you and I have, and it is a daily need. We have a daily need for the word of God in our life. We have a daily need for the spirit of God in our life. So God says you're not going to live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This year will be a blessed year. So long as you hear and obey the voice of God. So long as you tune in to what God is saying. You'll be able to experience the blessing of God. And if you do what God is telling you to do, then you're going to be able to experience the blessing of God. Are you listening? Is there a listening church in the house of God this morning? You see, many times we listen, but we don't obey. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. It's not enough just to hear the word. You have to appropriate that word into your life by faith. To put that word in your life into action. And this morning I have come with a charge from God to tell you, to remind you that it is, it is your duty and your responsibility as a believer to mix the word of God with faith. Because until you do, you cannot receive the full blessing of God. That's what the scripture said to the book of, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. That the nation of Israel did not possess the promised land because they did not mix what they knew. They didn't mix the word with faith. The word of God spoken year after year over our lives will only uh, Stay there waiting for you to add your faith into it. And that faith releases the power that's in that word. So long as you are sick and you're talking about being sick and you don't get up and, and activate your faith toward health, you're going to continue to walk in sickness. If you are in, in lack, you're going to continue to be in lack until you get up and activate your faith into the provision of God. Is there a church in the house of God this morning? Faith without works is dead. So we need the word of God. And God says, I'm going to provide my word to you. I'm going to give you my word to meet the spiritual need of your heart. One more thing that he said to the people in Deuteronomy. He said to them, remember that it is the Lord who gives you the power to make wealth. As you go into this new year, the Lord says to us, remember that it is the Lord who gives you the power to produce 
well. God says, I'm going to meet your physical needs. I'm going to meet your spiritual needs. And I'm going to meet your financial needs. It is the Lord that gives you the power to produce the provision that you need in your family. And I'm, I'm charging you with this this morning before we get in the body of this message because many times uh, Christians in particular were waiting around for God to drop a big fat bonus on us. You're quiet. I know I'm telling the truth. You know, the scripture doesn't say it is the Lord that gives you a big fat bonus, does it? It says it's the Lord that gives you the power to make wealth. How many of you need some wealth? This is a lazy church this morning. How, how many of you need some wealth? You know that the Lord has given you the power to make wealth. But you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to do something about it. The Lord has told us year after year, I will bless what you do. Not what you plan to do, not what you intend to do, not what you hope to do, not what you like would like to do. God will bless what you do. You have to do something. You have to act on the word that God has spoken over your life. He says, I will give you, I have given you the power to make wealth, but you have to go make it. You have to go and produce something, and when you do that, God said, you're going to have my power be behind you. He says, I'm going to give you the power to make wealth, and I will confirm my covenant to you. That's an exciting word this morning. God says, I will confirm the things that I spoke to your fathers. I'm going to confirm my covenant to you. Now, all of these promises are exciting and they are great, aren't they? They are, they are God's fatherly care and concern for us. He meets our physical needs. He meets our spiritual needs. He meets our financial needs. But here in Deuteronomy chapter 11, where we read this morning, there is a principle that you and I cannot afford to miss. And I'm just going to uh, share with you a little bit about the geography of the nation of Israel for a moment. The Lord said to the nation of Israel. The land that I'm going to take you to is not like the land that you're coming out of. Somebody say amen. amen. The land that I want to give you, the place that I have prepared for you in 2017 is not like the land that you are used to. They were coming out of Egypt. They were coming out of a place where the agricultural system was uh, very well established. It was a, a system of irrigation that came from the River Nile. And so these people, they knew how to work the land based on that old system. They knew how to dig trenches and channel the water so that the water could supply the crops. And you read there that the scripture says that in Egypt they used their foot to water the crops. And you wonder, what does that even mean? And if I hadn't been uh, in some of the countries of the world where I'd been, I wouldn't know what it meant either. But I remember one day being on a valley, in a valley in Chile, and uh, this, this um, valley literally went straight up like this. And at the bottom, there was a small uh, plain of flat land. 
And uh, there was a crop down there. And there was a, a, a creek or a river running by. And I saw how the farmer with his foot would open the furrows and the water would start coming down the channels that he had built and he would irrigate one part of the land and then when, the, when, the, when that particular crop was, was well irrigated, he would, he would move the soil with his foot and then move the water to another part of the land. And on and on he went and I was fascinated just to watch how without any pipes, the man managed to irrigate the entire land with just his foot. That's how it was in Egypt. And those guys who had been slaves for 400 years, they had that system down. They knew how to move the dirt and, and get the water where they needed it to go. But God said to them, the land where I'm taking you is not like Egypt. What's God saying to us this morning? He's saying that some of you have been used to certain ways. There are certain survival techniques that you have learned in your life. When you get into a fix, you know how to get out of the fix through your, through your strategies and your techniques. You get into trouble, you know what friends to call. It's getting real quiet in here. You know what old girlfriend to call to get you out of a lonely spot. Oh, this is going to get too sensitive, Pastor. You know, if you, get into, if you get into a spot where you need some finances, you know some people that can make arrangements. And, and, and you've learned to live life a certain way because you've been a slave in Egypt for so long that the only thing you know is what you know. I had a guy tell me once, he said, Pastor, Pastor, I'm a hustler. I said, I know you are. He said, I could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman with white gloves. He knew how to, how to manipulate circumstances in order to survive in the world that he was in. But here's what God has been saying to you. He's saying, where I'm taking you, the old techniques are not going to work. Come on, somebody. I know you don't want to hear this this morning, but God is very clear about it. He's saying, look, if I let you use your old techniques in the promised land, then you'll celebrate how cool you are and how smart you are and how savvy you are but I'm not going to let you use the techniques of the world to be blessed in my house is it alright if in 2017 God changes some of your habits maybe in 2016 when, when you got under stress you went and looked at something online that was pornographic God said, that technique's not going to work anymore. Maybe you, you used to call up an old friend who, to supply the drug that you uh, choose. God said, that technique's not going to work anymore. It's getting quiet in the house of God. Maybe when you got, 
when you got lonely last year, you went and ate until you couldn't breathe. You ever eaten that much? Come on, be honest. That's when you've eaten, right? And you're breathing heavy and saying, pass the pie. There's trouble. And God, you know, we do things like that. We don't even realize that we are trying to meet spiritual needs with physical means. God says, no more. The land where I'm taking you is not like Egypt. Over there, you got used to being uh, to doing things a certain way. But where I'm taking you, he's, here's what he said. He said, the land where I'm taking you is a land of hills and valleys. And the only way the land gets irrigated is by the rain of heaven. What is God saying? He's saying, Israel, in Egypt, you learn to depend on the Nile. But in the promised land, you're going to have to depend on me. If I don't send the rain, your crops will die. If I don't send the rain, you're not going to have the fruit that I promised you, church. This is what God is saying to us in 2017. If you want anything, what you need to want most is the rain because it is the rain of the presence of God that makes the difference. It is the rain of the presence of God that makes your finances work. It makes your emotions work. It makes your relationships work. It's the rain of God's presence God said if I don't send the rain you will not have a crop here's what God said you can move your foot around all you want in the promised land it's not going to irrigate your crops here's the thing church so many people in the church are, are drying up and their fruit is dying on the vine because they have not had a rain from heaven. There are churches that are sitting at five years, ten years without a single drop of dew from heaven because of man's in institutions and they are dying. Christians drying up without any, kind of, without any kind of fruit. Friends, that's not God's will for his church. That's not God's will for your life. But you see, he's only going to send the rain. Upon a people that are thirsty for him. Upon a people who are, who are committed to him. A people who have a God first mentality. He said in Deuteronomy 28, the same passage where he, he gave them all of those promises I just cited. He said to them, listen, if you do these things, I will open the good storehouse of heaven, the rain." It will fall in due season. He said, but if you don't do this, I'll close up the heavens. You won't have any rain. What is it that opens the heavens in your life? Do you want to know? I already mentioned it. It's your faith. That faith that expects God to move. 
that faith that expects a downpouring of God's presence. Church, you and I must have an urgent and fervent prayer before God in this coming year. And that prayer must be, Lord, send the rain. Send the rain of your spirit. Send the rain of revival to a parched and weary land. Come on, don't, don't sit there and act like, like life is easy and that you always have it easy. No, friends, sometimes we get dried up. Sometimes life and circumstances and trouble and trial and lack comes in and dries up our spiritual man. You need the rain of heaven. Because unless you have the rain of heaven, you can't bear any fruit. God said the land where I'm taking you is a land of complete and total faith dependence on God. Can you handle that? It's quiet now. I said, can you handle that? Listen. But the land into which I am about to, you're about to cross over to possess it is a land of hills and valleys. It drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land from which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the end. This is a land that God said he watches over. You know that you are the land that God watches over? You are his child, his prized possession, and God is watching over you. I don't care if you just got saved last year. If you, at the moment that you were born, God has been watching over you every single year from beginning to end. The Lord watches over his people. He knows their need. He knows the uniqueness of their need and the the situation of our lives from beginning to end of the year. There's not a moment when God is not aware or concerned about you. And he wants to send the rain of his presence on a consistent basis in your life. Can I give you some advice this morning? Put down your spiritual umbrella and let him fill your life. Let him rain on your life. You know what happens when it rains? First thing that happens is that all the dust that's been accumulated from the drought and the, and the wind gets washed away. How many of you need God to wash away some things? Hallelujah, when the rain of heaven comes, it washes, it cleanses away the, 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 the dust of yesterday. It cleanses away the, the thoughts and the, and the ideas that you collected over time. And it lets you know that there, there is a new day. I believe today that God is speaking to your heart and he's saying to some of you, I have a new day for you. The day you've known in the past is over. This is a new day. I'm going to pour out my grace upon your life. And that rain comes, it not only washes and cleanses, but it refreshes. When I was a kid, you know, we were out in the yard doing something. 
uh, for our father, maybe we were doing some yard work. We had the custom. I don't know if you ever did this. You guys didn't grow up in the, in the country maybe, but uh, we had the custom of just opening up the water hose and drinking right out of the tap. Yeah, you did that. <sighs> Refreshing. But you know, some of you have become too good for that. What do you mean speaking in tongues? I'm too good for that. This is the 21st century. This is a sophisticated culture we live in. I don't have time for all of that. You see, the Bible said that with stammering lips and other tongues, they spoke, and this was a refreshing. It was the refreshing of the Spirit of God for the nation of Israel and for the church. When you and I begin to pray in the Spirit, the reign of the Spirit refreshes the soul. It is that refreshing that ignites within us the passion to say, I can go again. I can go another mile. I can stand the test. Is there anybody in here this morning in need of refreshing? And that rain comes. It cleanses and it refreshes. And it gives nutrition to the root system of the soul. Have you ever discovered that in the presence of God, things get dealt with that you didn't even know needed dealing? Isn't God good? When he gets down deep into the soil with that rain, he deals with things that are under the surface that I didn't even know were still there, that I thought I had dealt with, things I thought I had moved on from, but I realized that that I hadn't, and, and when the rain comes, it gets way down deep into the recesses of my soul and allows me to be healed from the places of my brokenness and my past. Oh, friend, how we need a downpouring of the rain. How we need a downpouring of the Spirit. America needs a downpouring of the Spirit. How, if you read in Psalm 92, this is what God says. When his rain has been upon the land, it's been upon the soil of the heart. He says this, these things, Psalm 92 verse 12, the righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. When the rain has fallen on your life, you're going to flourish like a palm tree. Have you ever seen a palm tree in a storm. Y'all are so sophisticated this morning. I think, I've, I think I came to the wrong congregation. Have you ever seen a palm tree in a storm? You see sometimes those palm trees when a hurricane comes on shore that those palm trees are bending over. 
And many times, uh, you and I, we get into some storms, and like those palm trees were just about bent over. But you know what fascinates me is that they bend, but they don't break. There is an endurance. Uh, there is an endurance in that thing. When you have been re re drinking that refreshing water of the Spirit, God gives you an endurance. Come on, somebody. It's 2017. 2016 bent you, but it didn't break you. Come on, give God praise. For that enduring grace. Thank God for the grace that he gives. That we might flourish like a palm tree. He said they will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Cedars in Lebanon uh, in ancient day were known for, for their height and their strength. The closest I think that I have come to something like that is in California as I went to one of our national parks where they have uh, the, the sequoia trees, if I remember correctly. And uh, some of the trunks of those trees are, are 35 feet wide. That's a tree. You stand under them and you feel like you are in the presence of giants. They stand so tall that you can't see the tops of them. It's good living for God. I said it's good living for God. When you have been drinking from that supply of the Spirit of God, that supply causes you to grow strong and straight. You know what fascinated me? I saw they had, they had cut one of those trees down and they had a cross section of a tree. You know, sometimes you see a clock made of a cross section of a tree, uh, of a mesquite tree. This would be a very big clock. That tree was probably 10, 10 or 12 feet wide. And they had marked on one of the line, one of the veins of the tree, 1776. The founding of the United States. Signing of the Declaration of Independence. And then I saw a, another line, and it was, it was dark, and it was black. And I asked, what is this black line? What is this black vein in the tree? And the, the man said, you know, sometimes, uh, the, the, uh, just as in the course of nature, fires break out in the forest. And when the fire breaks out in the forest, it, it, it would burn, of course, that bark on that tree. But that, that dark line, that black line there, it signals that there was a fire, but that that tree survived the fire. And in fact, that those fires caused that, 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 that tree to grow stronger and to grow mightier. Friends, maybe if I look at the cross section of your life, I'll see some years that are dark and black. Some years of fire and testing. But you, if you've been drinking from the source, you will find that you are stronger and that you are straighter because of the faithfulness of God. Somebody give God praise in this house. I don't know whether 2016 is a black line or not. And I'll tell you this, that over the burned tree grows another layer 
of life. It will flourish like the trees of Lebanon. Verse 13 gives us a true and, and very important fact concerning this year. The scripture says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Are you planted in the house of God? Are you planted in the house of God? You know why I'm glad you came to church today? Except for the fact that I just love to see you and, uh, and you are all very beautiful people. You know why I'm glad you came to church this morning? Because blessing begins at the house of God. I want you to be blessed. And I know that blessing begins right here at the house of God. You know, I can't, I can't remember in all of my life, I'm not, as, I'm not as young as some of you or as old, but I can't remember in all of my life a New Year's Eve where I was not at the house of God. I can't remember a, a first Sunday of the year where I wasn't at the house of God. And I'm not saying that to, to try to compete with you. I'm just letting you know that I have seen the blessing of God. And I know that the blessing of God does not begin at Black Friday. It doesn't begin at the mall. It doesn't begin at your job. The blessing of God begins at the house of God. I said the blessing of God begins at the house of God. Those who are planted in the house of God, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Now I'm going to ask Josh to come up, please. Now, this next verse, you're going to think I'm, I'm uh, picking on the uh, senior saints, but really I'm not. Uh, the Lord has sent me to encourage the, the senior saints. There aren't any old people in here this morning, so I'm just I'm speaking rhetorically. Listen. They will yield fruit in old age. Come on, are there any people in here who are still yielding fruit? God said, tell my people who are nearing retirement age that I will bless them in their old age. Maybe that's not for everybody, but that's, that's God's word for somebody this morning. I spoke to one of perhaps, I think she may be the eldest member of our congregation this morning. She's in her 80s, still drives her, herself to church every Sunday morning. Eight o'clock service. Some of you know her, Sister Lupita Alcorta. I was preaching out of Psalm 37 this morning. She said, Pastor Isaac, the Lord, one year when my landlord came to me and he said, I'm going to raise the rent. How do you raise the rent on 80-year-old people? The landlord said, I'm going to raise the rent. She said, I got very afraid. I didn't know what I was going to do. And the Lord sent me to reading Psalm 37. 
And the first words of the psalm say, do not fret. And she said, I just about memorized the psalm. I read it so often. But she said, I found the peace of God in that psalm. And then she said, I'll see you next Sunday. I said, well, what about the rent? You didn't tell me the rest of the story. (laughs) Don't leave me hanging. She said, oh, he raised the rent. I thought she was going to say that he left it alone or he lowered the rent. She said, he raised the rent. I said, and? And she said, God provided. (laughs) Come on. God is a good God. Even in their old age, he said, they will still be bearing fruit. Oh, my, when I think about the saints in this house who are, who are uh, still bearing fruit for God, they have not decided to throw in the towel, to sit out and be quiet. They are still witnesses for the gospel. They are still praying for the sick, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I thank God that he still pours out rain and that he gives fruit even in old age. Verse 14 says they will be full of sap. That's a a uh, better word for the word that King James uses. said they will be fat. And very green. The land where you're going won't be like the land that you left. The way that God's going to work in your life this year won't be like last year. So you're going to have to get rid of old habits and learn dependence on God. And say, God, if you don't send the rain, I don't have any hope. I need the reign of the Spirit. I need the downpouring of your grace. If you would stand with me, I'm going to try to sing a song that talks about this. Just, just lift your hands if you would. There is a river that flows from God above. There is a fountain that's filled with his great love. Come to these waters, there is a vast supply, there is a river 
that never shall run dry. There came a thirsty woman to draw from Jacob's well. Her life was ruined and wasted and her soul was bound for hell. But then she met the master and he told her of her sin and gave her living water. She never thirst again. There is a river that flows from deep within. Hallelujah, there's a fountain. There is a fountain. That frees the soul from sin. Come to these waters. There is a vast supply. There is a river. That never shall run dry. This is a land that drinks from the rain of heaven. If you're thirsty for God this morning, would you come into this altar? Just dip your heart into the stream of the ever-flowing river of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, there is a fountain. There is. Great love, come to these waters, there is a vast supply, there is a river that never shall Run dry. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Almighty God, we your people come into this altar this morning because we need a downpouring of your presence. We need an outpouring of grace. It's not received by the things that we do or can do, but simple faith exercised Toward you today we say, oh God, we your people, we need your grace and anointing. We need the, the river and the rain of heaven. That rain that cleanses and washes away our past. That, that rain that refreshes the root system of our soul. 
Oh, come in day, come in a mighty flood and anoint this place with your presence. Come on, just open your mouth if you can pray in the spirit.